Today on CityCast Chicago, the Disney Plus series Miss Marvel tells the story of a 16-year-old Muslim girl, Kamala Khan from Jersey City, who suddenly gains superpowers. And, and let's be honest, it's not really the brown girls from Jersey City who save the world. Sure they do. You're Kamala Khan. You want to save the world, then you're going to save the world. I recently got to speak with one of the writers of Ms. Marvel, a poet and screenwriter, Fatima Asgar. It's Monday, August 8th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. you tell people who have not seen Miss Marvel, um, who is this character and, and how does she come into her powers? Yeah, so Kamala Khan is a young um, Pakistani Muslim uh, teenager who is living in New Jersey. She's, she is from and lives in Jersey City. Um, and she is like the ultimate band girl. She loves superheroes. Like mm-hmm. that, that is her favorite thing. And, um, you know, she's growing up in a Pakistani family and she uh, you know, loves her family, loves her culture, loves her her mom. She goes to um, you know, AvengerCon, which is like basically like Comic Con, but right. uh, it's basically C two E two Comic Con all thrown into one, right? <laughs> right. And so she goes, she sneaks out of her house against her mom's wishes, and she goes to to AvengerCon, and um, she puts on a bangle from her grandmother and something pretty amazing happens, which is she gets these really, really incredible superpowers. That kind of launches her on into her own superhero journey in which, you know, throughout the season, she really explores and discovers her own superpowers, her own family history, um, things that have been kind of kept buried in her family for a really long time. Um, And she becomes her own superhero in a way uh, that is very unique to Kamala's. When did you first learn of this brown girl story? I I actually first learned of Kamala when the comic first came out. So I think mm. that was in 2014, 2015, when her first issue came out. And it was, I was just so excited by it. Like, I was like, oh my God, like Kamala Khan, like this is amazing. And I just remember like I was giving all of the comics to my cousins, you know, and being like my little cousins and being like, hey, you guys should read this. And they, you know, they were like teenagers at that point. Some of them were like, you know, when you go through that phase where you're like, I'm trying to be cool as a teenager. So I think some of them were like comics, but then they were really, really excited about it. So I've kind of been following Kamala since um, she first became, you know, she first was introduced to the world and in mm-hmm. and, and that way. And then when Marvel called me in um, for, uh, for this when project. Marvel called me in, <laughs> like that's one of the dopest sentences. <laughs> as a, like, I mean, you know, it's it's just Marvel. You know, we ain't bowing down to them or nothing like that. But like, that, that's a dope call, right? Yeah. So Marvel <laughs> called me in in 2019 for this project, and so mm. um that was when I was like, oh, okay, cool. We're we're like really in it, in it. Um, and so I had known her for quite some time, and then I feel like I really, really, you know. Mm-hmm got to know her very, very well um, through this process as well. Yeah, around that time, If They Come From Us would have been debuting in, in this collection of poems, uh, you know, pulls from your own story, your own yeah. family's history. Can you talk a little bit about that history? Yeah, so If They came for, if they Come For Us came out in 2018 in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and then 2019 in the U.K. And it was 
So exactly at that time was like when the book was coming out. And, um, you know, I, the, the book to me, it's really a poetic um, investigation of um, intergenerational trauma of being a young South Asian person, uh, Muslim person growing up in America and post 9-11 and really, you know, grappling with Muslim identity, grappling mm-hmm. with what does it mean to be, you know, South Asian when that feels so deliberately erased from the West. And um, a lot of the book focuses on partitions. My mom's family is originally from Kashmir and um, during partition had to flee um, into Pakistan. And so that's always been such a painful moment in my family history. And one that I never, ever, ever saw discussed openly in anything, you know, in history books and popular culture and even conversation, you know, there's such a way that that there's so much silence around partition because of how traumatic it was and how, and how, um, how much that impacted, I think, so many South Asian people. And so, so much of my work around If They Come For Us was researching partition, was doing a lot of, a lot of research around partition and also thinking about the ties that connected, that I could see that connected partition to my, you know, present day reality. So being like, this wasn't just a fixed event in history. Like we know this, you know, as people of color, I feel like so many of us know this when we look at our histories is that these moments are not fixed events. I mean, when we look at the the partition of India by imperialist Britain in 1947, right? This is a forced migration of 14 million people, you know, Muslims to Pakistan, Hindus to India. You know, when you found out that Marvel and, and the story of Kamala Khan was going to explore that, you know, what was that like for you? What, what was that moment like? I think for us as writers in the room, you know, we were, um, we started very early talking about things that were really important in the South Asian diaspora, things that we felt like we, that were really, really critical to us. And one that came up was partition, you know? And so actually very early on in the um, writer's room, I actually gave this like long lecture about my uh, research on partition and everybody was like, we really want to make partition like a central element into the series. And so it became pretty clear in the writer's room early on that that's what we were going to do, even though that was a deviation from the comics. You know, in the comics, there's uh, like further along into her story, there's, um, you know, probably like a two page panel that is that alludes to partition. Um, but it's just a two page panel. And it's just kind of explaining like how her family left um, like India for Pakistan. Are you self-conscious about your smile? Do you only allow yourself a closed mouth grin? Well, with Aligner Experts, there's no reason for you to diminish your smile. As orthodontists, they have the privilege of witnessing the remarkable transformation of patient smiles, which often translates into a profound boost in their confidence. Yet, there always seems to be a deterrent. I ain't got the time, I don't have the funds. Luckily, Aligner Experts is redefining convenient and accessible clear aligner solutions. With customizable treatments, transparent pricing, and their cutting edge 3D scanners and dental monitoring technology, you could transform your smile through the convenience of your own schedule. Stop in at their West Loop or Lakeview Clinic today for your complimentary smile assessment. Aligner Experts, your destination for advanced clear aligner solutions. P.S. They got another clinic on the way, so stay tuned for their Old Town location. 
you were the head writer for time and again, the fifth episode of the series of Miss Marvel. Uh, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to do that. That was my favorite. It was an amazing episode. It was Thank one you. of my favorite episodes. Can you kind of describe for people what's at the core of that, that episode? Yeah. So, you know, what I think is really cool about Miss Marvel is that a lot of the episodes feel so distinctly different and they, they're really exploring different things, you know? And so, you know, you know, in episode two, you kind of get the sitcom like Bollywood um, themed uh, Mean Girls-esque, like, you know, like the, where, where they're doing the, the kind of moment of the mosque and being like, here's all the different, you know, groups. So you get a very like high school um, escapist, like uh, Bollywood themed episode, right? And then I think in What's So Wild is in episode five, a few episodes later, you get you get a period piece. You get a you know you get something that's entirely different than what you saw a few episodes before. Most of the majority of the episode is actually not set in present day. It's set in um, the the periods between 1942 and 1947, where we're actually really sitting deeply with Kamala's great grandparents, Aisha and Hassan. And so what you get is characters that you've never seen before in the series. You get, you know, a world that you've never seen before. And you get that really contained in the first uh, part of the episode, you know, and you get the love story between um, her great grandparents. What do you want? Well, for one, I'd like you to stop trampling on my poor roses. But uh, from the looks of it, I think you need more help than they do. Can I help you with anything? No. No, thank you. There's a uh, food and a place to rest if you need to use my cottage. You know, uh, Kamala intersecting with, with that timeline at the moment of partition for a very brief moment. It's a kind of wild episode because it, it crosses three different geographical places. Yeah, we're talking um, and, straight time travel, y'all. And time travel and a lot of different time travel. So it's a really, it's a really, really different um, episode in that sense. Um, and, um, you know, it's also a very important one. It has a lot of the heart of uh, what her great grandparents' story um, and, you know, the kind of ways that that has affected and disconnected her family since. And then a moment of healing between her maternal line, you know, her her mom, her grandmother, and her, when, when she kind of brings back some of this knowledge. I thought you were all dead. We searched everywhere for years. But now that I've found you, we can put our plan into action. Don't you want to go home? Aisha? Of course. Of course I do. But I hit the bangle for safekeeping. Retrieving it will take some time. There was a moment where we were, somebody had sent a tracking of the Google algorithm for people searching partition. And so in episode two, you saw it spike up a little bit. In episode three, a little bit. And then by the end of episode four, that final scene, the spike mm. was like all the way up here. So what we saw literally was this show change the Google algorithm for people searching for partition. You know, like that is pretty incredible to see that happen. You know, Marvel is arguably arguably one of the largest franchises that, in, that exists in the world. And the fact that we could get partition on a Marvel stage is amazing and 
I think about being young and never seeing any mentions of partition, any illusions of partition in any textbook that I read, right? Not seeing that be taught in, in nearly any class that I read. Like, I, I went to public high school. I didn't see that at all, you know? And so what I got, the narrative I got was that in that the, you know, colon, decolonization happened through a nonviolent movement that was led by Gandhi. That is absolutely not true. <laughs> it is absolutely not. Gandhi, of course, led a movement and, and was, you know, a, a very big proponent of nonviolence. But we're talking about 14 million refugees, two to three million people being murdered throughout a few months when we're talking about partition. That is not nonviolence. You know, when we're that that to me is like such a even the way that the West talks about this as a nonviolent thing really gets at the heart of whose bodies are considered important, right? Whose bodies are considered important? Is it nonviolent because British, the you know, the British were able to leave in a fairly nonviolent way by abandoning a place that they had colonized for hundred like a hundred years, you know, and extracted from for a hundred years. We have a very that's a very different understanding of what nonviolence means. The phase four of Marvel has introduced arguably some of its most racially diverse characters from Kamala mm-hmm. Khan to Shang-Chi. We're gonna finish it out with Wakanda Forever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how as a fan do you feel Marvel has done to expand beyond your your Downies and your your Hemsworth and your Evans, right? You know, it ain't all just white men at the at the forefront anymore. You're, you're seeing way more black and brown faces up yeah. and down the roster. How you feel they're doing with that? I mean, I I saw the Wakanda Forever trailer and I was like, this looks amazing. Like it just looks like incredible, you know. And what I love about Marvel is that because it's such an intersected world, they're not just in their siloed spaces. Like you get Wakanda, but then all of those characters interact with everyone else. Like, you know, like you get, um, and that that's going to be true for Kamala. Like she's now a part of the universe. You know, that's going to be true for all of them. Her mom, Red Dagger, like they're all a part of the universe, <laughs> you know? And so I think that is is so exciting to me because what you see is these glimpses into these small worlds, you know, and then you see them all working together in tandem. And that to me feels very like our lives. Like that feels like all of our lives, you know, it's like you have, um, you have us all from our various different backgrounds who are, occupy these worlds, our families, our, all the history that we're working with. And then the moments where we intersect with each other. And so I kind of feel like that's such a hopeful direction for the future. And I really wish that other um, franchise companies, but also other networks would follow suit with that because I'm like, there's, there's so much, you, you miss out when you don't actually depict the populations of the world as they are, right? So when you're only showing white stories, you miss out on like such incredible storytelling that exists from everyone else. You exist out, you, you just miss out on like, what it means to the full idea of what it means to be human. The next couple phases, phase five and phase six of the MCU uh, were recently announced out in San Diego. Uh, But the last time we saw Kamala Khan, spoiler alert for the people who either haven't finished or didn't stick around to see the, see the goodies at the end. Uh, Last time we saw her, she just got snapped up and we have no idea where she is right now. Mm-hmm. What do you foresee as Kamala Khan's wider role in, in the MCU moving forward as we we're on a speed and bullet train towards a uh, secret wars, my G? 
Yeah, she's, I mean, she's on it. Like, she's she's in the MCU now. Like, that's, like, it kind of feels like watching a little baby grow up and then being like, now she's just flying. <laughs> like, that's kind of how I feel. Like, I'm like, wow, we, like, we were in it with the inception and all this stuff. And then she's just, she's just going to take off, you know? And I think I'm really excited to see her in, in the MCU. I'm excited to see her, you know, um, working with with other folks and working solo by herself like I think she's a really incredible character and we've only seen even with the series even with like that six hours of storytelling I think you've only seen we've only seen a little bit of what she's capable of Fatima Asgar, one of the writers on Miss Marvel you might be skeptical to the Disney Plus shows oh they're oversaturated you better take what they give it uh, and, and watch it. And if you if you need to log in, uh, you know, ask your mama. You can't you can't have me. All right. Well, Fatima, I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. Online registration begins today for Park District Fall programs. And you already know them slots going fast. Today at 9 a.m. for Parks West of California, 9 a.m. tomorrow for Parks East of California. Of course, I'll drop a link for you in the show notes. If you live in the South Loop, a larger fourth ward, there's a community meeting happening tonight virtually about a potential new dispensary in the neighborhood. You can check the newsletter for more info at chicago.citycast.fm or hopefully already in your inbox. The White Sox are in Kansas City most of the week before returning home Friday against the Tigers, and the Cubs are in a home series against the Nationals before heading out to the Field of Dreams Thursday to take on the Reds. And some good news to get you through. This weekend, we got another round of great outdoor events, including the 25th annual Retro on Roscoe. The three-day throwback fest starts Friday. They're going to have live music, food, and an antique car show featuring close to 50 rides both Saturday and Sunday. As always, I appreciate you for listening. If you got a little bit of time, please rate and review the podcast. I know every podcast says it, but that's because they're important. Helps other people find CityCast Chicago. And if you ain't got time, make some time, please. All right, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. Squeen white, silly wabbit.